I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <coughs> okay, we're ready to rock and roll. Okay. 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 Sorted. Sorted. Mommy don't know. Daddy's getting hot. He's getting what? At the body shop. The body where? Doing something unholy. Golly. She knows, she knows, she knows. Mommy don't know. Daddy's getting hot at the body shop. Doing something unholy. Bam, wham. Bam, wham. Bam, wham. If Monster Munch had a sound, that's what it would be. Unholy featuring Sam Smith and the Cookie Monster. <laughs> hey everybody, what's the crack? You're listening to Unforeseen, the podcast that is truly unforeseen. I'm your host, Ross Brown, and over there is my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Miss Lorraine Murphy. What's cracking? A very good evening. Mm, very good evening. Sport is next. When we say unforeseen, Ross, what do we mean by unforeseen? It means it's a podcast and I don't know what's going to go on in the episode of the podcast. You know, because you do all your skullduggery. Yes. I love the word skullduggery. Great word. Great word. Great word. And then I just sit here and wait for things to be thrust upon me, whether it's challenges, games, videos, things I have to read, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just, a, I'm, I'm basically your, your guinea pig. Well, this is <clears throat> truly unforeseen because this is your birthday bonus episode. What an asshole. It's your birthday this week, Ross. Yeah, it's my birthday this week. How how do you like to celebrate your birthday? I like to ignore it. Do you? Yeah. I would have thought you were a big birthday fan. No, I like to ignore it. Uh, the kids get a kick out of it. So that's the only kind of, that's the only bit of it I kind of like lean into is the fact that the kids get a kick out of birthdays and stuff. So I enjoy that part and then everything after that. Then I'm I just love like, how your, all your body language, everything <sighs> about you has just gone... Retreat. John would say no, there's oh, a lot of energy no, in this. There's a lot of energy. <laughs> well, look, to ease you into your birthday episode, I've got Go something on. that I know you're going to love. Okay. okay. Is it fucking meat or cheese? Because if it's not... Let me get let me get my birthday bag of swag here. Swag? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's, oh she's got her Dermot Kennedy fucking bag there with her now. You're going to love this. Go on. Oh, fucking Stalin! Yes! I actually got you two types because I wasn't sure which one you preferred. Marcy Pan Stalin is the best. Marcy Pan. Yeah, what's this one? Is a big one. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big dirty like, one. It's manly Stalin. Jesus, that's the type of one. No, you put some sort of spread on. What's in the middle of that? Marcy Pan. Oh yes. Why do you say Marcy Pan so weird? Marcy Pan. 
Marzipan. 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 What do you call it? Marzipan. 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 <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so I thought you'd like some. Uh, do you Stalin. want a Stalin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. I did get you. You see, I learned from last Are year. Are you industry now. standard now, or can you take this out of my hand? No, that's fine. Yeah. Are you right? Yeah, I'm not as weird as you. Do you know what? I think I could take it. If you t- if you handed it to me. You would not. You'd be fucking disinfecting your mouth out. Go on. Personal growth. Go on. Ugh. You want me to dig in and hand you one of these? Yeah. No, look at your face. Go no, on, it's, it's your grand. birthday. I'm no, not going to ruin your birthday. Go on, take I'm it. Test- I'm pushing my limits. I'm pushing my limits. So I'm taking out one small square of Stalin. One giant leap for mankind. <laughs> it really is. This is... This is oh you God, look at the way you looked at it. <laughs> you would swear <laughs> I have been in a sewer all day. Do you know day. what I just thought? Like, my brain literally just went like, did she wipe any child's face or... <laughs> I wasn't around any old woman today. No one menopausal was near me. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my first story. Oh, no, 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 no. Upside down. Turn upside down. Oh, God. Yeah. Mmm. See the icing on your tongue now? It gets all over your lips, though. Oh. Uh oh. That's the wrong Stalin. What? That's Apple Stalin. Everyone makes this mistake every I year. I did it last year as well, but I did get you the other marzipan one. I think I bought the... This marzipan one I'm going to fucking absolutely devour in about four minutes. Okay, but for the sake of the podcast, you have to be mm. like... Oh, what a lovely Thank Stalin. Uh. Oh, caught me right at the end. It was a surprise. Do you like apple? You're not giving me back. You're, you're not <laughs> re-gifting. I can't. You're not re-gifting. I can't eat apple Stalin. I'll just, I can lick every one of them at the top off of it if you want. Surely Albert now will eat an apple Stalin. You can't re-gift. This isn't, I, you haven't even had it like 10 this, minutes. This isn't re-gifting. This it's is, re-gifting. It's not. It's, if, if anything, it's rejecting. It's returning. It's rejecting. Yeah, it's returning. Don't even lie and say that Albert wouldn't appreciate some apple Stalin. you are. Here, look. Give it to Albert. I am keeping this marzipan one though. I'm delighted with this one. And to be honest with you, I'd be dead if I eat them and this. You're a tough crowd. I am a tough crowd. Maybe maybe you'd prefer this then. I got you a present for your birthday. Fuck off. An actual wrapped present. An actual wrapped present. It does look like it's wrapped in tinfoil. I promise you that's not tinfoil. It's, okay. It's fancy wrapping. So. There weren't any children or menopausal women when you were wrapping, no, were there? Nobody menopausal. Can I, can I guess what it is before I even open no, it? No, because you're going to get it right. It's, 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 I, but I, 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 think it's a, I think it's a sausage. And I think it's one that it goes up and it curls back down and it's got the bit of rope that goes in between the two ends of the sausage. That's what I think it is. Oh, no. Am I going to be right? Oh, no. I'm not, am I? Am I right? <laughs> oh, back, you're ruining this podcast. <laughs> if I'm right... I'm you're fucking ruining this. <laughs> I got a second. If I'm right about this, two things. One, I'm the fattest cunt on the planet. <laughs> because you went, I'm going to get a match on <laughs> but two I was like I know that that's a giant <laughs> so it, how long would you say this This is about a foot and a bit long <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that a sausage <laughs> look at me he's going to open it now happy birthday Ross. it's a sausage I can feel it already <laughs> come on open it and reveal it anyway oh it's not a sausage no, it's not a sausage. It's not a sausage. It's not a sausage because it's different. It's different on each end, and it's got a little nubble here. <laughs> nubble is an awful word. It's like a shillelagh. 
Fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> what? Is this what You're I, really excited about is this? Is this sausage. what I think it is? You is this what I think it is? Am I going to have the most relaxing wiping of my whole tonight? <laughs> is this? No fucking way! Just tuning into the podcast for the first time today on was that episode one? The episode one, the very first episode. Have a listen to this. Think about it. Toilet paper is really archaic and disgusting. So we stick it on a <laughs> stick. Are you fucking mental? <laughs> Hang on, you're still using toilet paper. They haven't reinvented anything. They've just said. Oh, toilet paper on your hand is horrible. So we're going to give you a massive dildo to stick the toilet roll onto. <laughs> That's right. Never touch another dirty toilet tissue. Now that you're holding it in your hand, Ross, can you describe to everybody how it looks, how it fucking, feels? It's a. It looks like a big. It looks like a big sex wand. It does look like a wand, doesn't it? Do you know the wands? Why do I make that sound like I'm from the north a side? Wand. Like, a wand. <laughs> big, big wand, isn't it? It's like, a, it, it is like one of those wands. Yeah, the, I mean, the sex it's, wands. it's a very large one, yeah. It's kind of, it's a very gentle S shape. Like it's yeah, like not even an S shape. It's curved. It's very gently curved. Uh, and it has a green rubber uh, top, which is slightly, you know, kind of wider. And then at the end, then you've got this weird kind of plunger thing that opens up that fucking release mechanism. But it's very simplistic. It's essentially... Do you know what it looks like? It looks like the handle of a big ladle. Yes. That's yes. what it looks yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The handle of a big ladle. That's what it is to wipe your hole with. And how does it feel? It's kind of rubbery, the rubbery, plastic. Rubbery. It's stiff and rubbery. Like, you, like, you, like, if you rub it off your hands, you can imagine it would squeak off your hands. Yeah. Like, do you know? And... Uh, Talk to us about this little thumb <sighs> pump action here. So this little, it's like a little plunger, little thumb pump. Oh, the, the bottom thing is The bottom so thing is creepy. disgusting. So when you when you press that... It looks like it could be in gremlins It looks something. like a little uh, tongue sticking out of an alien's uh, head, doesn't it? But that actually, that obviously pushes out whatever toilet roll was, was clamped inside there to begin with. It's just fucking... Does it feel weird? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put your finger here. Okay. <laughs> no, no, in. Like, slightly in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. oh no Where is the toilet roll Supposed to go So let me read you The instructions Pass over the instructions here Oh which, my god This is amazing Which by the way Are written in Comic Sans Our favourite <laughs> of fonts Jesus Christ <laughs> I thought a sausage Was good <laughs> Oh I forgot about this As well This is the Oh <laughs> Oh my god, this is amazing. Well, that's where the wall, that's where the paper goes. Oh my god. 
This is hilarious. <sighs> okay, so the it instructions. It feels strangely secondhand. No, I can guarantee you that it's brand new. You're the first person to open it. Um, okay, so it says pull around 24 Jesus. inches of toilet paper. Which Two is a, feet of t- toilet paper. Which is around six sheets. Would that be six sheets worth? Easily, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm handing over some oh, kitchen paper sheet. to you, but look, it'll work. Yeah. Right, so fold it in half. Yeah. I'm going to fold it in quarters here because it's very good. one end of the toilet paper into the oval recess. Yeah. Or then wrap it over the wrap top. Wrap the toilet paper all around the top part of and the wiper. And then tuck it back in again. Then tuck the end of the toilet paper on the same recess. Oh, wow. It works. The toilet paper will then be held in place for cleaning. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's horrific. It'll be held in place for cleaning. It's recommended to be used between the legs from front to back while sitting on the toilet. See, I'm a, I'm a quite hard wiper. Right? Okay. And you, I do you like to get in there. Like. I like to get up in there. Yeah. Do you know? Like, I don't like to leave anything to to, 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 to kind of, like, question. Do you know? I like to know, like, everything's gone. Mm. So, that, like, sometimes there'll even be a little bit of insidage. Just to make sure. Oh, my God. Just to make, just to make sure. Sometimes you use words in <laughs> the most horrific of I'm ways. I'm a poet. So. <clears throat> so he's now putting it between his legs. And simulating wiping it, so it's, See, it's front to back. Yeah, but it's like it's wider than my asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably better though. It's not better because you can't get any bit of like you need you, you need Inside to get it. you need to get a bit of purge on it. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, this, there's no. It would be it would be handier if there was like a little a little tip if it went to a point and you could get a bit of a fucking leverage in there. Oh, Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this is That's just... That's a very different utensil. Like, this could barely clean your armpit. Like, but like I'm doing this now, right? And I'm I'm squatting to get a good... <laughs> God only knows what this looks like from the next studio. I look like... I look like someone... That got, I, look like, I look like a witch that got the wrong size broom. <laughs> but, like, I, I'm trying to twerk my ass out to get as much opening as I can. Do you know what I mean? Between the cheeks. And I really actually have to actually just oh my God. ram it up there. I could really fucking <laughs> ram it up there. The level of detail. But to be fair though, it still stays on. Yeah, but you haven't you haven't wiped anything there. No, but I've been giving it a good fucking forage, like I've been fucking <laughs> <laughs> So that's that, right? And then, so then there's shit. So the shit. So then it says the soiled paper is ejected by pushing the button at the end of the comfort wipe. You ready? So you ready? <laughs> what the fuck was that noise? That was way louder than I expected. <laughs> Hang on. It sounds like Shane going laughing. Okay, and it's gone now. So then what you have to do? Shake, <laughs> Shake it, off. it off. Fucking Taylor Swift style. <laughs> For anybody Jesus who... Christ. I mean, I, uh, I'll tell you what though. I'm going to try it. I hope you do and I want you to report back. Actually, what do you want I to really make a video? Want, what, no, I don't want a video. <laughs> I want audio, okay? Of after the main event, okay. From the white, you want me to yeah. record audio yeah. of the wiping yeah. process? Yeah, we don't need any plopping sounds, okay. Okay. None of that. Okay. But the wiping process, I want. I, want I don't the acoustics think, of a bathroom. I don't think. First of all, th- that you, you'd want to have a fairly gapped ass for your cheeks to go around that fully. That's my main problem. 
for that to reach right up into your hole. And uh, secondly, I think if I do wipe and then leave with just this type of wipe, yeah. like it would be better to wipe with this part. So that's if what someone we want. saw that in your wardrobe, they would they would they, they would be like they're they're fucking having a fiddle with themselves it, with that. It, it does look like some kinky shit. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back now and explain this. Like, I'm gonna have to go back with an explanation. I'm gonna have to go in aggressively and, <laughs> and be like, "This is for wiping my hole, not my hole." My friend gave it to me for my birthday. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited so, about this! Happy birthday! Ross. How much did it cost? I'm not going to telling you that. It's for research purposes. No, it's not a fucking. I'm not telling you that. How how long? More did than it... what you would think is all Fuck I'll off. say. How it's... long did it take to deliver? Um, I'd say about maybe. Five weeks? Five weeks? Yeah. That's a lot of painful hole wiping there for someone. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, a lot of wasted toilet paper, a lot of arm reaching. Who did you order it off of? Was, of it, was, it, was there a Comfort Wipe website or was it Amazon or what? It was on Amazon. It was on Amazon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. So there you go now. It's amazing. Happy birthday, Ross. I think we should make a, I think we should add a little bit of an advert onto the Comfort Wipe video that there is. I think we should make our own little addition onto it. Okay, well, that's Because you've got you all know. the old people going... You know, uh, but now uh, but I can't now, reach back. Maintain my dignity. So happy birthday to you, Ross. Oh, wow. Something to make me shit and something to clean up the shit. It doesn't end there, though. I also have a special guest for you, Ross. We, we're not ending it with the comfort wipe as high and as an ending that would be. Yeah. Uh, I have a special guest lined up for you. I know you're a big fan of this person and I'm not bullshitting you with this one. We're not ripping the piss. This is a proper conversation for you mm-hmm. to enjoy okay. and get stuck into you're going to be chatting to one of your favourite writers we know you've been talking about him loads on the podcast before you're going to be chatting to Kevin Barry fuck off yeah it's all arranged what because it's, he's an unforeseen guest so. is he coming on as a guest on the podcast yeah why do I feel like crying oh my god <laughs> why do I feel like crying <laughs> are you crying why am I crying are you crying <laughs> Oh, <laughs> those were unforeseen tears. He's my favourite writer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just as well I told oh, you. Oh, you're now. such a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Oh, I'm fucking. He can't fucking find out about this now. Like, oh, I was crying earlier. What the fuck? Like, yeah, it's your birthday. Oh my god, you're a legend. Kevin Barry Ooh. is on Zoom waiting for you right now. So I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to let two writers, oh, no, two stay. creatives. Have the chats and happy birthday. What I find, Ross, is that if it's uh, the, the times that it's hardest to open up the computer mm-hmm. are if, if it's a script. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. It, can be, it, it can be hard to face into that final draft file <laughs> and look and just look at the fucking thing again. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I, I kind I often enjoy it once I have started, but but more often than not, it's more there's more kind of there's more sort of mechanical stuff to do mm-hmm. in terms of um, explaining why characters are in this place rather than that place and how much time has passed. And there's a lot of sort of small stuff that you don't think about when you're watching a film or a piece of telly but as soon as you start to try and write a film or a piece of telly you realise oh fuck I have to do all this really 
yeah. kind of mechanical, moving people around and explaining why they're here. Yeah, and, and the block, the block, whether it's day or night, and what time of the year it is, yeah. how much time has passed. Yeah, the blocking of it as well, because I mean, you're ser- you're serving the director as a writer, yeah. you're serving the actors, you're also serving the editor, because they'll be working mm. off it. Whereas for for your own work, you are all of those things in one, and you would have a very visual style of writing as well. So it's almost as if you're directing as you're writing yeah. a novel. Yeah, it is. And like, I, I have no illusions that um, a script is anything other than um, a starting point for 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 a whole a whole a whole army of collaborators, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that you're, you're just giving notes towards a project, essentially. Yeah. What you'd hope that it might look and move like and sound like. Um, well, it was interesting, actually, just in in the one feature I've had made to date, which was Dark Lies the Island based mm-hmm. on short stories. The most interesting part of the process for me as a writer was looking at the editing. Um, I felt most an affinity with the with the editor's work, actually. And, and that was, seemed most like the way a novelist or a short story writer works in terms of um, kind of looking at this kind of mass of material or mess of material mm-hmm. that you have and trying to trying to make a story uh yeah out of that stuff you know yeah um and 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 allowing for for happy accidents to take place and stuff that wasn't planned or that was planned in 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 the very dark recesses of your subconscious so would you see the in terms of in terms of screenplays would you see the the writing the directing the acting and the filming of all being the first draft if that's the case and then you're shaping essentially it yeah 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 i think um like I like I think for different kind of forms for and there, there there's a, a key kind of moment near the start that's very different for me with a with with an novel say mm-hmm. the most the most important moment is for is for the characters to find their stage okay is to figure out where they should be in yeah. the world um like for my last novel night both the Tangier which is two Cork gangsters Morris and Charlie like I had those two knocking around my shed for quite a few years. Um, yeah, you really, said you, you said they'd barge their way into other stories that yeah, you had. And... I didn't know what to do with them. They'd often show up, you know, and, and they would and I was able to write them very easily. I could hear that kind of um talk of these kind of deranged old Cork gangsters who are very much of their kind of nineteen nineties, early two thousands Cork era. Mm-hmm. Um but I didn't I know what to do with them. I didn't know where to put them. Um any story I tried to put into them, they were kind of eating it alive. Um, and just destroying it. Yeah. They were too big. Yeah. And then uh, the, 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 the other thing that was happening, it's always two things need to happen to make a project come to life. The other thing was I'd been, I love Spain, I'd been, I'd been going to Spanish cities for years in, 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 in the kind of Irish winter trying to escape for a while. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out how, how do I write a Spain book? And it was thinking about the, the ferry t- terminal in Algeciras where I was going to Morocco once in the early 1990s. On a kind of pilgrimage to William Burroughs, uh, as 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 you would do as a very yeah. young man, um, with literary ambitions. But I was I was then thinking, what about if I put my two fucking there's loads of dope dealing going on at that time, yeah, from North Africa up to up to kind of West Cork. What about if I put my two Cork gangsters down in Algeciras and bang, I was away in a hack. Great as soon as I found the stage for them, yeah, like I couldn't if I decided they were in Bosaurus or if they were in Kent Station, I wouldn't have been able to write it. But it was just the fact that, oh, hang on, what if they're down here? And I think, and, and I think be... part of that, and, I, you know, it seems almost like because it's such a, a, a robust and industrial setting that they can't wreck it. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like it's, it's, almost, like it's, a, it's almost like it's a stage that can contain the, 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 yeah. the you know, the, 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 the characters of, um, of the two of them. And, you know, 
and it's it's tender at times. You know, very tender. You know the way that yeah. they both lament for Dilly and all that kind of stuff, and and you know the the the, the passage through time and everything is is something that's very delicate. Yet yet they're well able to completely flourish as characters without, as you're saying, trouncing over this thing. It's it's almost as if there's a very gentle tapestry running underneath these two stomping characters. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's all true. Um, I was very disappointed when I went back to Al Jazeera's ferry terminal myself because I was writing it completely out of memory from mm-hmm. being there in the early 1990s when it was spectacularly seedy and just yeah. fucking eyes in the side of your head kind <laughs> of a place. You know, I was like, oh, Jesus, don't make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> um, but then I went back there and it kind of dolled it up a bit. And oh, did they? Oh. It up a bit and <laughs> modernised it. I was, I was horrified. But yeah. I always do my research for a book or a story late on in the mm-hmm. writing period. I don't do it at the start because I find you can just get bogged down in the research and you can start researching every day and, think, and thinking you're working and you're not working at all. You're just procrastinating. Yeah. You know? And it does become procedural as well. If you're if you're if you're does, bogged down yeah. by that stuff, you're kind of going like, well, what would they do in, you know, in Lexington, California, you know, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. And you're going, it doesn't matter. It's two people in, in, a, in a bar or it's two yeah. people in a in a field. Yeah. And you're kind of going that kind of stuff is stuff that you can you can, you know, do a pass on afterwards. And it, 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 sure. it, it'll add a layer, but it's not the layer. It's not the foundation. You know, yeah, there, there's nothing worse than when you're reading a book and you can see oh, you you this this your man has tried to get his research onto the page here, or, or this writer has shown us all the books she's read about this topic, yeah, and she started to hammer it in, yeah, you know, it's just street names. I kind of do research jazz. after yeah. the fact just to make sure I'm not making kind of a spectacular age to myself. You yeah, know what I mean that I that that things are broadly through, and it doesn't matter if they've dolled up this this ferry terminal or whatever it is. At least as long as the, the kind of feeling still feels kind of right yeah you know yeah and it, it was nice i was kind of, so i kind of relaxed about it after a while and sort of start, started to write away again i wrote some of the scenes actually in the ferry terminal did you where they're yeah. set yeah they're looking kind of half mad i'd say you know kind of <laughs> because if it's going well with writing for me i will i will chortle along yeah giggle along with the funny lines so there my laptop in the corner kind of thing and you could see people go this fella is fucking very amused with himself <laughs> over you know <laughs> And I'd be kind of looking up and kind of half forlornly looking to see where where where's Boris and Charlie? Where's my two yeah. two Irish gangsters? There's no sign of them. The you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not surprised either by you know um, your your self amusement by by your character's dialogue because the your dialogue and I, I, look I'm not the first person to to say this. You've been lauded for your dialogue. It's absolutely fantastic. It's razor sharp. It's every line seems like. It's 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 the one liner that you'd put into a trailer for the movie of it. It's fantastic. There's no wasted lines. There's no, you know, exposition that seems clunky. There's nothing that feels like, you know, Pope in the pool stuff where you're going, we just got to get this information out. Everything is just, it's it's no more than what needs to be. But the humour that you inject in them. And also, I remember you said before about if you get the stance of a, a, a character or the way that they hold themselves then you'll find the voice of them. So how much, how yeah. much, so when you're developing a character, for example, so before you've actually, now, I'm not sure what way you do it. Will you, will you write stuff side by side as you're developing something as it comes to you? Will you write little, little bits or, you know, will things, will things reveal themselves or would you, are you very much a, let's break the story and then let's start writing it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to, if it's actually, if it's with um, a script, I'd be more inclined to make notes kind mm-hmm. of around, scroll things down and often just sit down for an hour or two with a notebook and just think about the character and think about possible things that could happen with a novel or a story with me i'm kind of jumping off 
jumping off at the deep end and just just kind of tr- make it, making it up as I go along. Yeah. Literally and scene. Yeah. So I'm not really thinking about character development as such. I'm, I'm kind of, as, as you say, I do think about um, how they're holding themselves mm. and how they're physically uh, presenting themselves in, in, in the world. We all have this strange thing that we think we all move very naturally. In our no. own minds, you know, I have like, <laughs> yeah. I have a perfectly ordinary walk and perfectly fine carriage of myself, and I have no accent, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's Actually, around you is bent yeah. and, and lilting. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick McCabe told me once that he moved from, uh, he moved from Clonus uh, to Dublin in 1971 and got off to Monaghan bus in Parnell Place and went, and they're amazing I have no accent at all. I have a perfectly neutral accent. There's nothing strange going on with it, you know. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it depends as well. I, I do pay an awful lot of attention to people's accents and where they're coming from. And, and like, I know you, you work on, 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 on the young offenders and so forth, but like, well, so much of what makes a show like that is, 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 is you know, is the, is the, the degree to which the English language is 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 abused mm-hmm. in a place yeah, like Cork yeah. City <laughs> by these characters, you know, and it gives um, and it, but it, it changes a lot around different parts of the country. Like I spent a lot of time in Cork in the kind of nineties and stuff up to about two thousand and one, and I grew up in Limerick City before that, mm-hmm. and both are very talkative cities, and there's a lot of fucking talk coming at you. High energy, lot, yeah. High energy is hundred <laughs> mile an hour kind of stuff in, in in Limerick, you know. Yeah. And the same in Cork, and people are telling themselves all about you. And then you come up here to the to the to the rural northwest where I find myself living now, and it's very different. You know, it's mm-hmm. very sort of quiet and deadpan and and silent. So it's um, yeah, where where you put your characters in the world is going to dictate an awful lot about the story. You know. Yeah. How 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 they're just how they're how they're expressing themselves. And how they're how they're showing themselves, but I think it's important to say for most writers, like you don't really have to think too much about it as you're going mm-hmm. on. You know what I mean? If if work it at sentence by sentence and line by line, and 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 you get it in the minute way, you know, if if the sentences are good enough, like with a with a stretch of dialogue to make it really, I I, I rewrite the dialogue more than I, I I write anything rewrite anything else. I'd say you know, yeah, I just constantly run it. I just mm-hmm. constantly go through it quite quickly. Yeah, at quite quite a pace without trying without starting, without trying to think too hard about it, and just trying to go for flow and rhythm. But I'm kind of half reading it aloud a bit. Yeah, in places and just seeing where the clunky bits in it are, where 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 the elbows are. It's funny. It's like it's like if you see takes when a TV show has been made or when a film has been made. Um, if an actor does five takes of a scene it's very rarely the fifth one that's the best one yeah or if he does ten scenes it's very rarely yeah, the tenth one it's usually the, yeah yeah it, it's usually or it comes too smooth yeah and too yeah. practiced you know it's very often in the middle somewhere and I think the same can be true of your drafts of a story mm-hmm. I often have a peculiar thing where it kind of takes four drafts and the third one is too smooth okay and I've kind of I've polished everything out of it you know and you yeah. have to go back in and kind of kind of rough it up a bit yeah. and, <laughs> and get some of the kind of vitality um back into it maybe that you've uh, that do, you've that you've polished out do you would you do you find that when you're working when, when it's hard work you know I mean obviously when you're when you achieve you know uh, a rhythm and a flow and things are you know the, the words are just jumping onto the page for you is is a fantastic feeling but when you're working very hard at something when something is a struggle do you mm. do you think that that's something's wrong or would you see that as no this is probably just 
technically difficult yeah. or you know or you know something great's going to come from the fact that I'm I'm struggling as a writer to get this down so it'll it'll become a more complex thing on the page or do you is that alarm bells for you where you kind of go yeah. there's a reason this is not you know not easy yeah I'm always reading interviews with Brian Eno mm-hmm. um I think he's, he's he's fantastic on all sorts of creative work, just the way he talks about it and the way he thinks about it. Yeah, and he's saying if he, whenever he's making something that turns out to be good in the end, there's always a period in the project where he's just at the lowest step with it, where he's kind of gone, "Oh, this is shit!" Like yeah. I have to throw it out, <laughs> I have to stop. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to manage this. But he says the one thing experience gives you is he recognizes that mood coming on now. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of, he, he goes away and so says, I just have to sit through this mood for a couple of, of days and just kind of goes away from the piece of work yeah. that he's talking on. Because he said, like, it's always the, the through that, you know, the darkest hour comes just before the dawn mm-hmm. is, is, is like an, an old cliche, but it's true. Yeah. And um, I do find that you get days where you're looking at it and you're going, oh, Jesus, no, I, I don't buy this. You know, this isn't sort of hanging together. It doesn't sound right. Um but it's just a case of, of of discipline in terms of work and looking at a piece in as many moods as you possibly can. Yeah. You know, yeah. in good moods, bad moods, at all different times of the day and night, you know, in all types of weather. If it's holding up on most reads, it's probably grand, you know. Yeah. Um, I find, you know, you can I can be delighted with something at 10 o'clock in the morning on the computer and looking at it at five that afternoon and go, oh, Jesus, like, <laughs> you know, more of this bollocks yeah. now. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, so it's, it's, um, it's a case of the discipline to keep going back to it again and again in different moods and, and, and looking over a piece a piece of fiction mm-hmm. or whatever it is 50 times. And you know how hard it is to go back sometimes and open up the file on that final draft and think, oh, Jesus, have to another look at that scene. You know, I've been through it so many times. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how often it's very late on when something finally clicks. You can be very stupid about your own work for a long time yeah. and not see, not see what's sort of... Uh, ailing it yeah um, for quite a while before it finally clicks yeah um we're, we're sounding it all this all sound very very miserable yeah it's like raising a child thinking, <laughs> yeah for anyone who's thinking about writing anything you know but it's um yeah i did I, see something the late the late hillary mantel much missed like saying that um if she writes seven days in a week it only seems to be going well one day a week yeah a lot of the time it feels like it's going a bit slow Mm-hmm. and sluggish and there's no way I find that with scripts especially there's, there's no way I'm going to get this done whenever it's supposed to be yeah. done at the end of the month but but deadlines are great things as well you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, there, when there's people waiting on it and call, calling on you yeah to, to, mortgages are good inspiration as well <laughs> you know and, and making money you know it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great thing yeah um, I'd, I'd hate to be I'd, I'd hate to be uh I'd hate to be one of those those all the sort of rich sort of Swedish princes who used to write epic poetry, yeah, you know, yeah. and have no impression. No impression, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd never finish anything like so. Yeah. It's, um, I, yeah, um, I, I I love a deadline. I love and and they're rare enough, really, in in the kind of literary kind of end of what mm-hmm. I do. Like, there's never really anyone going, "Where's your short story?" You know, yeah, <laughs> or, or "Where's your novel?" It's all very kind of. Um, gentlemanly in that yeah. world he was yeah, an old fashioned term because there isn't a location you know? scout looking to fucking run around yeah, going we need a shed exactly. in the snow and there are, <laughs> yeah and there are third actors and stuff waiting so it's, it's yeah. very different um, um, you, uh, you you did an interview recently well I don't know if it was real I heard it recently and it was um, you were talking about your uh, top five books and you mentioned Underworld um, mm. and, and in that then you you mentioned 
uh, the the story of the the, the shot heard around the world in the base in the famous baseball game, and that that baseball then being passed around, and that being used as a as a literary device. Uh, in order to tell the story so that the, the reader is going through the, the journey of where the baseball went and who had it and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Are there any devices that you w- w- like that you would look at and go, okay, this device is, like if you saw it in a book, would you go, this is played out and unless someone takes a really original take on this, it's going to, you know, it's yeah, going to sully it for if me. It, if, it, if it's too obvious, I mean, it works really well in, in, in Don DeLillo's Underworld that you yeah. mentioned because it's... Um, because it's a brilliant book and it's it's prose style and it's storytelling and everything else. It's not dependent on the space, but yeah. it's just a lovely kind of thread that yeah. he draws through yeah. it to, to kind of uh, link it. Very strange you should mention it because it's um, it's 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 a book I've been rereading over the last couple of weeks really? for the first time for the first time properly in twenty years. You know, since okay. I read it when it came out in in nineteen ninety seven. So Jesus, twenty five years ago. That's frightening. But um, it's strange to read it now with like a nine hundred page novel about um it's everything america about, isn't it about 50 years of american life and it's kind of you know you realize how much we've we've, we've changed as readers in yeah. in that time um has the, has the, it the, aged or is it like a time capsule now no it's still brilliant you know yeah. it's still a fantastic book but it's i've definitely changed as a reader mm-hmm. i definitely have less page patience as a reader than i had um you know, in my in my late twenties, to go through thirty five pages of your man describing weapon systems in the Nevada this yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible, brilliant detail yeah. for fucking thirty five pages. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so is this I, a book I, or a I, manual? I, 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 <laughs> and if I look, and if I if I look at my own fiction now, the way I know uh, this, not everyone does this, but it seems very telegraphed in, in, in contrast where I'm, I'm really caught in away as much as I possibly can. I do get very frustrated with the traditional kind of um, furniture of a novel, you know, mm-hmm. this, this stuff where, where, the, where the character walks down the, the staircase and we get a, you know, a page and a half on the staircase yeah. To, to, yeah. To, to, to describe it. Oh, you've this fantastic way of zoning in on something so minute and stopping, like as in the wheels have completely stopped on on the of the progression of the story and you will just zone in on um for example um the 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 opening of the of, of the 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 pub uh, going into the different toilets in the um the pub at no beer um and there's okay, this fantastic yeah. moment of of you know of just staying it's it's a it's really kind of a, an art of presence is to be present in a moment and to extrapolate all of the juice out of that one moment but then you have this amazing gear shift then where you go straight back into a pace that almost makes up for the stoppage of those lovely moments. So it's not yeah. as if it's not as if you you stop down and then it trundles forward. It's it's a case of there's this lovely kind of rhythmic kind of pace shift from I'll give you the best bits of this and we'll skip the bits that don't matter. And it's fantastic because it does that really really well. I, I'm assuming that the after the 35 pages of yeah. describing weapons, he'd probably say, <laughs> and they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, well, you it's know? it's. Um, I think what you're always looking for, or what I'm always looking for, are moments that allow um, the prose to start flowing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and for ideas to start coming very in a very quick, very kind of rattle tat way, which I really enjoy. So, in, in the story you mentioned, the puppet no beer. Um, it's during COVID, a lockdown on the yeah. public, and it's just sort of going into the afternoon for the sake of it to kind of tidy the place up a bit. And he goes into the toilets, and as he opens the doors into the toilets, this sparks a whole lot of things about, you know, 
all the people who have gone in here over the years, what yeah. they were doing, you yeah. know, who they were, the voices that were going around the place. You're just looking for these moments that just suddenly trigger um, a bit of energy where the prose becomes airborne mm-hmm. and where it just lifts, yeah. lifts up off, off the page. And peculiar things can give it to you, um, you know, and, and, and like a, you, you try and stop on an unexpected detail mm-hmm. rather than the obvious one, I guess. Um, but it's a mysterious um, business, you know, and it's, it's, it's a lot of a lot of writing fiction is very mysterious and comes from your subconscious. And you, can, you can't figure out you, you, you tend to plant stuff early. Yeah. Without knowing it and then find you have it to use um, later on, you know, um, you a very broad example of that from, from my own work would be. Um, and this is very broad, but in, in, in the first page of the novel, I bought to Tangier, mm-hmm. I tell I, I tell the, the reader that, you know, one character is one eye and one character is a limp. Yeah. Okay. So that's very obviously planted. Yeah. We, we, we're going to need to find out, you know? Yeah. Uh, I like the famous line Raymond Chandler said, like, if, if you, if you, if you give a character a gun in, in scene one or in chapter one, it has to be used. Yeah. So you, you have to pay it off. And I think you, you kind of do plant these things, um, these little these little eggs mm-hmm. here and there yeah. around York, and just see what's got to start to crack open later on and crawl out with the little beak showing, you know. Yeah. Um. But it's it's um, yeah. I think it's maybe something that you more you become more practiced at as well in terms of as you write stories or scripts or whatever it is of uh, giving yourself the potential material of putting these little plants in earlier on. You can always discard them. Yeah. In, in in rewriting and cut away references to them. Yeah, the, um, you, there's a fantastic um, and again I'm I'm pointing out things that I would have noticed from from reading your books that yeah that that I that I would have then moved on to some another book maybe a book that's more plot driven or you know more kind of you know a, whether whether it's a traditional crime novel or you know something else and I kind of go oh, it's only until I move from your book to someone else's book of a different style that I'll go. I feel now like I'm bereft of a, this certain thing, and that's when you, something that I've might have gone unnoticed while I was reading yours then is glaringly obvious. Like, like the nuts and bolts of your story aren't as visible as they are in other stories. You know, like a lo- all the business is up front on a lot of other books. You know, especially when you're talking about something yeah. like the 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 antithesis to your type of book would be like a procedural crime novel. Yeah. You know that that's all nuts and bolts. It's all the business yeah. end of stuff, and the characters then are within that framework. Whereas you hide the framework. Yeah, amongst just moments and and characters, and it's a it's a lovely way of being yeah. able to. Because I read the first forty pages of Beetlebone and didn't know that it was about John Lennon. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. I, mean, I, 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 I don't know. Did a cat meow when 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 there was a clue yeah. to it or something? I never it, read. There the was, bag. A, there was a, there's a bit of a fucking clue on there's the cover. A, there's of the a bit. <laughs> when, when, when it's called Beetlebone. Beetlebone. You know? But did you know what? Not a no one clue. got. No one got it, man. No one reckoned. No one got it. it was about a beetle. Yeah. I said, What's wrong with she like? I got. It. I got I really, it about forty. Pages I figured out in. what I should have called it. I should have just called the book John, John Lennon's Island. John Lennon's Island. You know? <laughs> John Lennon's Island, and everyone would have got it straight away. All right, with John Lennon. Yeah. And it probably have sold ten times more copies. Yeah. But you know what, though? Very... Forty pages in, I, I, I was when it hit yeah. me, I was like, "This is fantastic! Right. What a, what a revelation!" And I was like, but then I was going. Am I really clever and should I have got it by page 80 instead of 40? Or am I thick and it's written on the back of the book and I flipped it over and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, can, I, can I ask you something about um, 
because you were talking about um, from uh, Morris and Charlie and you were saying that those characters kept invading other stories and that you couldn't find a, a mm. place for them. How do you, at what point do you kind of go, okay, this is an essay or this is a short story or this short story is now much more and this is, this is a full novel? Because you've, you've got three books of, of collections of stories and you've got three yeah. novels um, and City of Bahan is, pff, it, it's like, Somebody gave you a massive budget, even though it's it's a book, but it, but it is it's it's just fantastic. It's it's um it's it's otherworldly and it's it's brilliant. It's so expansive and and expressive. But like how do you, like w- were any of your novels a short story to begin with, and then you went, okay, now it's outgrown uh, the short story. I I night bought tangier the first very quick draft over a couple of weeks. Of, I was trying it as a play. Okay, um, with just the two lads in the ferry terminal in 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 Algeciras looking for a missing daughter. Um, but very quickly, a couple of weeks in, I thought, oh, geez, I could, I could get a novel out of this, you know. As soon as they, they kind of started drifting into the past and they're talking, I thought, oh, there's actually, there, there's a novel's worth of material in this yeah. if I keep going with it. And it, it seemed to move very um, naturally between uh, past and present, which is a gift for a writer mm-hmm. when there was no sense of effort in that movement and time. Um, and I thought I'd, I'd get a novel out of it. I, there, there, I, City of Bohan was always very, like I was essentially trying to write a box set in novel form. Yeah. Um, with that, because I was, a, a, like I wrote that in 2000 and kind of nine ten, when I was obsessed with The Wire and The Sopranos and Deadwood and all the great yeah. shows of that kind of late zeros era, which I don't, which which probably haven't been topped in lots of ways. No. Um, and I was, yeah, so, so, so that was the chief influence on that. It was, it was totally influenced by by the TV stuff, the great TV stuff I was watching, um, as well as by, you know, lots of comic books I'd grown up in and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that as well and Cormac McCarthy novels and everything else that goes into this stew. Yeah. Um, I, I had a very, I had a, geez, I had a, I had a, a difficult experience recently. I was on a Zoom with, with some American university students and God bless them, they're doing a bit of City of Bohan in a course. And I, and they were I was on with them talking about it. And they were asking me to read bits, you yeah, know, specific specific bits. Okay. And so I so I was looking at bits of it that I hadn't seen. So like when you're doing readings from a novel, when it comes out, you you pick a couple of bits that you you know get used to doing, yeah. and you do them. Yeah. But most of the book I haven't seen since I wrote it yeah. in 2009 and 10, and they were getting me to read out pages of it. And like in places, I was going, "Jesus, there's great, there's great vitality in the language," you know. But then in other places, I was going, "Oh, Jesus Christ." Like, <laughs> This is very, very clunky, you know. This yeah. is mortifying. Like it's strange to go back and <laughs> really go yeah. back and read something you wrote thirteen years ago. You're, it's it's like visiting a kind of a, a distant cousin of yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of and there was a lot. I, I had great fun with reading back over and did another lots of other bits where I was thinking, Jesus, very much a first novel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I did think like that there was um, loads of loads of possibilities to do more with the characters in the book. But it's strange to go back to it. Um, a Beetle Bone was always going to be a novel. I think I decided. Mm-hmm. I was. I, I, it was like I decided. I remember the afternoon I came up. Like I'd known a bit about John Lennon's Own in an Island out in County Mayo. Yeah. And thinking about it, and I was thinking, right, well, I'd necessarily something about it. But then I thought, oh man, I have a novel. And I was for about two weeks. I was thinking, this is a very smug. I was thinking, it was the best novel idea anyone ever had. Like, yeah, this is fucking yeah, blow their minds away. <laughs> I'm away. I'm I'm away in a hack, like not not a not a bother. And then after about three weeks to try to try to look, oh Jesus, it's got to be really hard. Yeah, trying to get a believable voice for him. But um, no, the novels 
have have always been um fairly evident fairly quickly apart from Tangier starting as a play but um yeah I I like things that 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 are possible as short stories because they can be very quick you know a week or two and you might have a draft to something mm-hmm. very often an idea for a short story might work as a play as well yeah you know it might work in that kind of time span or whatever and I've, over the last few years I've 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 definitely been drawn to to at least the notion of having a go at some plays yeah um, they're hard like. Yeah, the plays are very hard. Yeah, fucking, it, yeah, there's no joy. Like, there, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's no joy on the page in terms of. I did, yeah, it's I think they come quicklier. I think they come quicklier, not at all. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and I was talking to um, Sebastian Barry, my namesake, mm-hmm. once, uh, who, who, who um, also writes plays and, and 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 novels, and he said like his favourite of his own plays or at least the ones he thinks that work to any degree have all been written inside a week or two. Okay. Um, and I believe that like I've, I've written about three and they've all been in a burst of yeah. a few days uh, where you, just to get the time and write you seem to have to write them at a kind of a headlong kind mm-hmm. of a, a, a rush you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of a it tends to be a very insistent idea that's really uh, pressing um, mm-hmm. and it really needs to come. I remember reading that Harold Pinter was on a holiday once in, in, in Italy or someplace and he, he sent an urgent telegram to the National Theatre in London which said, I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> Prepare he, the he midwives. Yeah, he, 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 he knew there was one coming, you know. Um, so it's just, so I've, I've had, I've, like I've had a couple of happy experiences with a play called Autumn Royal sitting on the top of Patrick's Hill, more mm-hmm. or less in Cork. Um which I wrote very quickly, really. I got a draft of it in four or five days. Um, and another one that I'm trying to get on now called All Souls Hotel, which, again, inside a week or two for the draft. But I think it's a, it's a they're comets, you know, rare enough yeah. occurrence. Like, but just just telling yourself in your subconscious that you want to do them might might send the odd one your way, you know. But, yeah. um, I don't know how anyone spends six months writing a play. I know. Or ten yeah. months. And I'm sure proper playwrights do. But, like, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't imagine going into that very intense kind of very minutely timed kind of sphere yeah. of yeah. a play uh, for, for, for longer than a, that mad burst, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there, before you go, um, and uh, thanks for thanks for your time, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic, but um, is there a character um, that is still rattling around in your head that is yet, that is yet to find its way into a story that you have at the moment? And, and if so, um, what, what type of character is it, or or why haven't they found their place yet? Yeah, there's probably a bunch. Is there a few? There's probably a bunch of them, and they might sometimes sort of morph into each other and kind of um, and they very rarely have have direct kind of um, um, forebears in real life, as mm-hmm. in people I know are very closely. There might be an element of someone, yeah, that I've spotted something about. Um, I I I do think a lot about this very um. This character who's a kind of a catastrophist mm-hmm. and is just always expecting the very, very, very worst things to happen in all aspects of life, you know. Yeah, yeah. And things con- things constantly work out fantastic for him and he's devastated by this. But that's a kind of a very broad <laughs> setup yeah, in my mind. Yeah. That I've had. I I need to figure out where he is and what he does before it it it, it emerges, you know. But yeah. but yeah, it's 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 kind of it's uh, there's always kind of a noisy attic mm-hmm. <laughs> back at the back of my brain with yeah. these 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 yokes going around the place, you know. Yeah. Um listen, thanks a million for your time. Um it's been uh, it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. Um not a, not only from a 
from an interview perspective, but just uh, just to be able to pick your brains and to and to chat to you. Love your work, and uh, yeah. and fucking keep on keep on doing what you're doing because I need to digest some more stuff. I think I've got everything you've uh, done. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, 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 thanks a million, Ross. Thanks for having me. Thanks a million. Best, um, best, best love with your own stuff and and the young offenders, which is of course a masterpiece, and all the rest of it. Cheers, guys. Well, thanks a million, man. Take cheers. it easy. Have Take a good care. one. Good luck. See cheers. Bye bye. All right. Uh, that was, uh, what's the word? Unforeseen. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely love talking to Kevin Barry and a very generous guy uh, and very knowledgeable and great to have his time as well. Uh, this was totally different than watching people wiping their arse with a stick. It was, it, <laughs> what, a, what an episode. It went from someone wiping their arse with a stick, me fucking nearly having a hard on for uh, fucking Stalin and then all of a sudden my favourite writer I get to talk to what a bonkers fucking podcast this is um, and uh, yeah I welled up and I had a little bit of a cry there to myself like an absolute idiot the reason is um, because I've had probably I've, I've had the shittest year probably uh, that I've ever put down and uh, since January and to get a present like that was uh, mind blowing, and uh, and that is the thing to do was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so it, it it knocked me for sevens, and that was un- completely unforeseen. Um, so I hope you enjoy that. And uh, next week, uh, normal service will resume. We will be comparing the erections of celebrities. <laughs> If you want to contact us, unforeseenpodcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or if, listen, if you have any people you want us to interview, um, Lorraine will be in for the rest of the interviews. I think she just went and kind of left and she was like, let you have a little bromance there now. Let you let you guffaw over your favourite writer. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be getting Lorraine in for all the other interviews. And uh, so if you want to send us any suggestions, any interviewee suggestions, any games, any videos you want us to, to have a look at, send them on. Uh, you can also follow us on all of our Instagram, which is at unforeseenpod, a cast. And uh, that's on Twitter, TikTok, uh the, the one with the little bird and then the one with the big F the, 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 the four ones and uh, give us a review send us a nice little review type up what you like about the show and if you don't like the show fucking keep your mouth shut five stars please on Spotify and on iTunes and tell a friend and tell all the tell all the clever writer people now as well because we're very artistic now don't you know oh thus forth and such as and what 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 they're, they're after uh, this has been Unforeseen uh, I've been Ross Brown Lorraine Murphy is out there somewhere probably having a coffee or doing a wee we don't know uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week for the next episode and thank you very much you're all our favourites except you <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.